0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Planted with Sarah. I'm Sarah Pine, your host, and today we have Brooke Bergstaller, creative, actress, and founder of Budding Mind on the podcast. Brooke is a writer, producer, host, and actress in television, online media, and film, a specialist in high-quality educational and entertaining content she calls edutainment, which I love. Brooke is a star of Big Mike and advanced nutrient show World of Weed, which she develops, produces, and hosts daily. An in-demand creator in cannabis, Brooke scours for stories And conceptualizes unique topics to explore, covering everything from pop culture to politics, history, hot new brands, celebrity interviews, and progress in social justice reform. On the acting side, Brooks appeared on MTV, ABC, TBS, AMC, The Oxygen Network, Covergirl, and more. In cannabis media, she's a creative visionary behind numerous campaigns with several premier media outlets. In 2018, Brooke was awarded a Golden Telly for her docu-series, Prisoners of Prohibition, produced for Mary Jane Media. Ah, see, working with Snoop. To date, Brooke's online content has reached millions of viewers. Brooke is also a 500-hour certified yoga instructor and holds a Bachelor's of Science in Broadcast Journalism and a Bachelor of Arts in Theater from the University of Miami. Brooke's cannabis and wellness startup, Budding Mind, is designed to expand the mind and heart through exploration of plant medicine, alternative healing, science, and spirituality. The multi-channel online platform produces podcasts or features podcasts, I'm sorry, video, long-form education content, and e-commerce for Brooke's favorite products and brands. Welcome, Brooke, and welcome a fellow theater nerd. I love it.
1: (laughs) Aloha. Thank you for having me on. That was, um,
0: that's a long ass bio, huh? <laughs> I love it. Hey, you've done a lot and it's really cool because you know, when you think about cannabis there's so much that's involved in it. There's the creative, there's the social justice, there's the education, and you're doing it. And I just I think that that's wonderful because we can't have too much of that, right? <laughs> yeah. Seems seems like there's not enough education to go around, honestly.
1: Yeah. It's so true. For sure.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to start you out with that question I always ask. Tell me about your first experience uh-huh. with cannabis.
1: Oh my God. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. And honestly, just like talking to other people in cannabis, it's, it's a question people ask, right? So I've gotten very great at, at uh, dialing in this story. So, excuse me if you hear my dog. Oh, no worries. Rampaging <laughs> through all of my stuff. Um, so, I, <laughs> I went to high school in Scottsdale, Arizona. And um, that's where I met a group of older boys in high school. And so I snuck out one night and we went over to this boy, Joey's house. Me and a couple of my girlfriends, we were younger than them. And uh, they asked if I wanted to try weed for the first time, smoke out of a bong, no light introduction. And the setting was absolutely hysterical. It was totally like the perfect stereotype incarnate. It was, uh, I was sitting in a beanbag chair in a high school senior's room with black lights and those furry posters on the wall that you like color in with neon (laughs) (laughs)
0: highlighters. Were there lava
1: lights? All it was was missing was a lava lamp, (laughs) totally. And so I tried cannabis for the first time and um, it was a really beautiful like sensory expanding experience that I've never had before and really what ended up happening is I made out with Joey that's right your girl (laughs) and um I remember being so tuned in to the how it how it felt like literally how his lips felt how his hands felt like I remember thinking Joey's tongue feels like a whale's tail sloshing around inside my mouth. Like, I don't actually think I like this. I think Joey might be a bad kisser. I had just such an expanded awareness and, uh, yeah, just like a totally heightened presence. And I loved it. And I came away from it like, I don't like Joey, but I love Reed. And I never turned back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What'd you do about Joey.
1: You know, I have no idea where Joey is today. I don't even remember his last name. But I have told this story on so many podcasts that I pray him or someone that he knows, like, one of these days someone's going to be like, is that Brooks from Desert Mountain? And then... And then Joey and I will reconnect. And, you know, maybe we're star-crossed lovers. Don't tell it to my fiancé, but anything
0: can happen, right? (laughs) Or at the very least, you can share a bowl, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just close the circle. Thank you, Joey. You started
1: my career in cannabis.
0: (laughs) See, I like that. I, I, I actually do remember, like, well, I was 13, and my friend... Got we got it from a senior in high school, and hey, his name was Dave. And we didn't get high. We told him we wanted our money back. So he took he took the weed and, <laughs> and never did anything else. What? Yeah, yeah. I remember his last name, but I'm not going to put it up because uh... <laughs> poor guy probably has a different new. life.
1: Hmm. Um.
0: But screw you, Dave. Right? You need to get my girl high. I know. I know. He's Because <laughs> like, it probably was oregano. It probably was. He was like, listen, eighth grader. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. You're not going to know the difference. You're not going to know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so what got you yeah, into cannabis? Because you've had like, I mean, you've been on a lot of shows. You've done a lot. Of, I mean, and the, it's a really wonderful combination. You're... Broadcast background, you know, for school and theater, and then where did where did working in cannabis kind of come into play for you? When did you decide, hey, this makes sense for me?
1: Yeah, well, I moved out to Los Angeles with high hopes of being a famous actress and movie star, and don't worry, I'm not jaded enough. I still hold on to those hopes, but uh, in in the mix of coming out to LA and pursuing a creative career i was kind of introduced to the cannabis industry at this beautiful intersection of uh, creating content within within the space and my first opportunity was by way of a traditional audition for mary jane creating cannabis news content for them and so i really got to engage my journalistic background and uh you know just wrote short form news stories for them created news packages and then ultimately prisoners of prohibition a four part docu series which you actually can watch on YouTube on Mary Jane's YouTube and Snoop Dogg's YouTube um, which is about people serving life sentences for cannabis and when I when I did that docu series is really when my um, my passion for the continuation of this conversation was really born, was seeing the multifaceted aspects of this space. That it's not just about getting high. It's not necessarily just about this cannabis counterculture, but it's like very, very much a uh, political movement and something that I, I ultimately wanted to be a part of and wanted to be I'm a person. I'm a communicator. I love using my words. I'm a very expressive person, and I love this plant. And she has provided so many opportunities for me. So, what better way to use my voice to advocate for her? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, I love that, and and I think it's really important, you know, to talk about the people who are who have been taken from their families. Um, and then are still incarcerated. A lot of people, I mean, in California here, we, we kind of live in a in a little bubble in many ways because you know, we had medical cannabis for a really long time and then with legalization and how it's spreading throughout the nation. I think when people have access, they forget that there are still people who are paying the price for, to uh, for lack of a better description for, entrepreneurs who saw the value in it before and we're quite honestly totally just trying to put food on the table you know it's kind of fascinating to think that there there's 40,000
1: people serving sentences for cannabis related crimes in the United States right now and there is I believe more than there's about 300,000 people working legally in the cannabis industry in the United States so To say that these 300,000 people are legitimate employees of legitimate businesses, and that those 40,000 people who just happen to miss the boat of legalization should somehow remain punished, there's, you know, if there's an obvious disconnect there, that I think goes without a need for explanation. But yeah, it's just, um, it's a reality of working in this space, and it is obviously heartbreaking in so many ways and uh talking about it is like the ultimate (laughs) (laughs) buzzkill. i think is, is somewhat ironic you know i've had i've hosted like screenings of my documentary while there's been cannabis sponsors and i've gotten everyone high and then showed them this documentary and realized like these things actually don't mix this is a very serious very emotional just matter these are brothers and sisters sitting in prison some of them for their entire lives yeah. over a plant and whether it be the cannabis plant or another plant or whatever plant it's a plant man mm-hmm. and uh, that should definitely raise a lot of eyebrows in terms of a government's ability to
0: decide
1: liberties for people
0: yeah it's a it's a really interesting thing how laws and policies are made i, I... I, you know, I started, I started working almost ten years ago in the cannabis world, and that was when we were still getting trained on if we got, you know, raided by the Department of Justice, and um, I remember, yeah, I remember my boss saying that, you know, when they would do their their taxes and they'd have to, you know, describe what everybody was doing, like those of us behind the bar. And at that time I was teaching classes too and behind the bar. So a portion of my day was actually categorized for the federal government as trafficking. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've never, I, I had never experienced that. I was like, okay, all right. But you know, when we're looking at, wow. yeah, it, it's like the impact that this has had on people and It is sobering. It's a sobering thing to think about. And the fact that a lot of these, going back to policies and laws, and when I used to, um, well, I I still work in policy, but when I was the co-chair of the task force in San Francisco, one of the things that I noticed was that policies aren't necessarily, and laws aren't necessarily based on fact all the time. They're based on Mm -hmm. stigma. And when we're looking at policies for legalization, or medical programs, a state culture comes into it a lot too, which is really strong. Going to different states and seeing what they're allowing and what they're not allowing and what they're prosecuting over. Um, And then, of course, you know, the one thing that comes up often that makes people squirm in their seats is racism.
1: Right.
0: Oh, well, and see, we just just took it there. (laughs) We just took it down. But it's... Yeah, but I mean...
1: It's a beautiful conversation to continue to have. Um, if you're ever given the opportunity or the setting to to share about the realities of what's behind the veil in the cannabis space, the average consumer, I think. Right? Are you there? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I'm just listening intently. Oh, sorry, the audio. <laughs> no, the audio uh, dropped out on my end. I'm sorry. Oh, right. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, as you mentioned, California, we're in a bit of a bubble. Uh, the, the blessing of the bubble is our access and um, and just our level of of being informed. And I, I think that there are actually a lot of consumers out there who aren't privy to this information. So let's plant those
0: seeds, girlie. Yeah, we have to. We have to. And planting the seeds for, you know, our policymakers to create more opportunities for people who have been impacted by the war on drugs because that was one of the things like when we talked about equity programs in the bay area and starting those up and the thing that really frustrated me was that we had to use that terminology people impacted by the war on drugs because i really Mm. would have liked it and i know we can't legally you know break it down even more but it would be really really just come clean and say black and brown folks that have been affected by the war on drugs. Yes, there are also white people in jail for drug violations and sales and things like that but as we know, a majority of the people who are in prison over this are black and brown folks and they really should be given a leg up and that is one of the things that gets me with, we thought that that would Mm. be a great way to give an accessible, create an accessible industry for people and as we progress through this, it, it's just gotten so, like the cost of entry has gotten so high, I just don't understand how the state can be baffled by the blossoming traditional market.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I think you, you said it so beautifully that the need for, for coming clean, I think is really... Uh, like a, a hard truth that we must eventually confront but yeah the and I'm not in a plant touching business mm-hmm. so I'm actually really fortunate in that way because I don't really as a content creator I have to deal with red tape in, in a marketing component um but licenses and applications and and legal fees and all of those things are not something that I personally had to be confronted with. And and I'm very grateful because the continuum of headaches that people must encounter in order to enter this industry or potentially re-enter this industry from having been previously incarcerated is just, it's, you know, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I thought some of it was intentional. Yeah
0: yeah i i hear that um you know it's just a it is it is an interesting thing because i know like you know out, my work outside of the dispensary isn't plant touching so for for those of us who don't have that our greatest worry is whether we're going to get shadow banned on ig <laughs> you know it's like pull down those hashtags can't have them up oh, you know? i know <laughs> but that is true too I
1: mean, I create a cannabis news show, World of Weed, and it's perfect for TikTok. But I, they literally and like I, you cannot talk about weed on TikTok at all, at all, at all, at all. And uh, that's obviously really <laughs> freaking annoying above all. And I've had plenty of experiences on Instagram where I am telling the same news story as NBC News about, let's say, um, the FBI is no longer testing people for previous cannabis use. Mm -hmm. I tell that story. My video gets blocked. NBC News tells that story, and it's totally fine. So there's obviously a hierarchy and um, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of gatekeeping around who's even able to share this information. That's Which catch. obviously parlays into what information is is uh, accessible to people.
0: Yeah, that's a huge disconnect because the one thing that I've noticed is, you know, people who are more closely in the industry talking to people have a better idea, and the misinformation that we see out there is insane. Like, I I just watched uh, on PBS Nova just did a documentary on cannabis. And there was like, mm. yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in there. But then, like, they threw some things in there that I was like, well, that's not true. Oh no, everyone's gonna say it. Like, <laughs> Nova says it. It's 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 gotta be true, you know. And that's that gets me. Like, I I love that when mainstream media starts covering it and it normalizes it for people because I always like to say conversation is normalization. But like, mm. you, you know, like when when Dr. Chopra. When he started, he did his weed series, and I remember that was when I was still in the dispensary, and there was this there was this lady who came in. She was in her early 90s, and she was like, well, if Dr. Gupta says it's okay, I'm going to try it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> After previously
1: having said, this is no good. <laughs>
0: right, right.
1: Only yeah, people do even, it. Even him retracting his... His own reporting is,
0: is just, yeah, I thought, know. I thought that was cool that he did that. I, I really, I really appreciate that much more than like, like, well, for example, you know, Boehner being really against it and then being for it, but giving absolutely no explanations or apologies around it. I'm like, come on, come clean, right. like hat in hand. Let's. T- have this conversation because that's going to help more than anything. And if for anything, just think about how it's going to help your pocketbook, man. Just come clean, say it. Well, I think that's the only thing you're thinking about. <laughs> <That>
1: is true. <laughs> that's why there's no explanation. <laughs> Protect the pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about let's talk about your your news, your your wild world of weed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. What's up well, with that? Tell yeah. Me, tell me how you put it together. Tell I've I've seen your videos. I just think, well, I mean, I not only are you smart, but I find you delightful. Like just how eye catching they are and they just pop and you give like great bites of information for people. But I wanna I wanna hear you talk about it.
1: Well, beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I have a Cannabis news show that runs episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Instagram and on YouTube. And everything is formatted to be as bite sized and digestible as possible. And you can find us at World of Weed News. And this is a program that I make for Advanced Nutrients and Big Mike. And uh, it's been almost a year and a half now creating content with them. And it's been a beautiful privilege. And um, it's also come with. A lot of hiccups, a lot of figuring out. There are so many different types of people that are interested in cannabis. It's like every kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> so, figuring out how to create for the everyman has come with its own challenges and also its own freedoms uh, because, you know, I, I can talk about terpene science and current events and then talk about. Stupid stories. <laughs> like, what kind of recipes you should infuse for your Thanksgiving dinner? So, uh, we cover the whole spectrum, and everything is with a cheeky twist. And, um, you know, I am, I am by no means an expert, and I don't try to pretend that I am. I am an informed consumer and educator, but I really like to view my position as the filter or the bridge between. The experts and the people. So I take the information from the scientists and the doctors and the uh, researchers, et cetera, and try to distill that information in the layman's terms so that the average cannabis appreciator can learn a nugget or two about their favorite plant. Uh, but, you know, not every story is for every person. But it's definitely a lot of fun and something I'm really passionate about, and I hope to see the show expand into a million different, a million different directions. You know, right now we are only in the digital spheres, but I am hopeful that one day, a regular network might be open to uh, featuring some kind of of cannabis content that's not just like comedic or poking fun or highlighting, you know, the the party aspects of cannabis consumption. But I would love to see our show or any cannabis show just reaching a broader audience, um, because I think it's pretty clear that people who are engaging with cannabis content are typically people who already smoke weed. Yeah. But the goal is to get content in front of people who aren't to make them more comfortable. So I'm not trying to convince people to try weed. I'm just trying to convince people To be okay with
0: weed. Yeah, that's it. I mean, even if it's not for you, it's like, you know, I think the normalization makes it easier for people that it works for them. And it's, you know, there's not as much judgment. Like, I kept my cannabis use really low key, you know, didn't really share it except for a few a few friends back in the day and I didn't become really open about my use until I had cancer. And I was just like, what are you going to do? I got stage three colon cancer.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: But it was, it really helped me would help me through it. And it's, that's what got me into my work today. And I love it, but it's like, you know, Holy snap. Yeah. I was, (laughs) what a story. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, people are always like, how how do I, how do I get a job like you yours? And I always joke, well, first you get cancer. And then, you know, <laughs> and they're all like, ooh. How bad do you really want it? <laughs> no, I like, no, I wouldn't wish that on you. Just, like, just, you know, leave, leave a really good-paying middle management job and go work for $15 an hour behind the bar and learn. <laughs> <laughs> it's as easy as that, yeah. And if you really want to bootstrap it, and do it in San Francisco. So it's, like, you know. People will tell you, Oh, you look great. Have you lost weight? It's like, Yeah, I'm living on the yogurt and soup diet <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure in LA is like not uncommon either.
1: Yeah, not necessarily for financial reasons, but more because everyone's so health centric. <laughs> right, right. We prefer right.
0: we prefer not to chew our food here. <laughs> <laughs> A straw will do. Oh wait, no, no, we don't. Well this is if it's no, no not uh non-recyclable a metal straw a metal straw yes that's it yeah yeah fortunately those days are 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 far far behind me but I really like you know what you were saying about you know having it be digestible because we do need we with normalization we need things that are approachable and friendly and I, I when I was watching your videos I really saw that and that's it's really really important because when I do trainings with cannabis professionals that are working behind the bar. And, you know, I love, I love how excited they get about things and they start nerding out and they'll be like, Sarah, what do you think about this? And blah, blah, blah. And the hippocampus and Dr. Ethan Rousseau says, la, la, la. And I'm like, that's awesome. Now, how do you break that down and explain that to somebody on the other side of the bar? Because that's how you know that you truly understand it. And we're about bridging the gap, not making people's eyes go wide and glaze over and be like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? A, A what? Yeah,
1: <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And I, I think by making, you know, information more digestible and just more simplified, you open the doors to more people. I've, I've made this analogy before, but uh, as a as a former yoga instructor, current yogi, I find that a lot of people have tension in their body. They have heard about yoga and they think, oh, this could really be the gateway for me to feel better in my body. But I'm intimidated. I've never done it before. If I go to a class, everyone's going to know I'm new. I don't want to ask questions. I don't want to I don't want like, the spotlight on me. And even though I've heard it's so good for so many people and so many things, and I think it might help me. I'm not going to try because I'm, I'm ultimately, I'm intimidated. And I think people feel that way about cannabis too, especially people of an older generation. My mother's generation are, their interest is peaked. There is a curiosity there. Maybe it could help with my, my Crohn's. Maybe it could help with my migraines. Maybe it could help with this, but ultimately I don't want to go into a dispensary. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to have to have someone help me through it. So I'm just, I'm just not going to try. And that is such a bummer and it should never be that way. These these are both communities, both the yoga community and the cannabis community should be totally wide open spaces that anyone can feel comfortable entering, asking a question and being a beginner in. Yeah. And that is really what I, I want people to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And kind of going back to, you know, you were talking earlier about cannabis culture and how vast it is and you know how you you choose your programming of your videos to touch on different parts of the culture I think as you know we start to have that normalization and it, as it does broaden that's when we are looking at there's a there's a place for everybody because when we first were starting out with medical you know it's like and and I say this with all the love like the stoner culture was really strong It's very intimidating for people who don't understand it. It's a very rich thing for those of us who, you know, do or are or it's their culture. They're immersed in it, you know, but it's it's a whole different thing when, you know, it's it's somebody who's a little older, who, you know, may more be more into Barry Manilow than Cypress Hill. (laughs) 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 You know, and, 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 am I wrong to
1: say I am too? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I got a I lot think love I am more of love for Barry. Well, it's so funny because like my husband he always jokes. He's like, "This is how you can tell I'm cheesy." because he he's got Barry Manilow on his his Apple, his iTunes, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know." Every so often, he'll put it on. And we'll just kind of goof around in the living room. <laughs> It's... I love hey, that means your man's romantic. I appreciate that streak. yeah, me too <laughs> Me too <laughs> he, He's not afraid to get in touch with his Manilow side. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but it is, you know it's 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 really cool to see like um, I've noticed in some of the communities, the senior communities they're having some really... They have some really big cannabis clubs where they're talking. And when I've gone to to work with them, they'll there'll be people who are really new to it. And then there'll be other people that like I make my own cookies or I like to make my tea. And I'm like, God, talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends like it may not necessarily be for them. You know, some some of us don't react well to cannabis at all. It's a, it's a small portion of us, but there we exist. You know, we're not, I'm not including myself because my body's <laughs> built for it. But <laughs> yeah, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, that's it. But it's like having those conversations and normalizing it, and and also just like, with the dispensaries changing. And yes, you've got your dispensaries that are definitely more. Immersed in the traditional cannabis culture And that's that's a very cool, rich thing But then there are also places where People can go in And like, well, I mean My dispensary is like the first time Before I worked there I, I walked by and I thought it was a, a An apothecary, I thought it was a soap shop And I, I really love places like that So I, <laughs> I walked up And I was like, oh wait, it's a dispensary And I have my card with me Let's go in and check it out But it is, you know, it's nice to have, it's nice to see the culture growing and it being inclusive for everybody's tastes and everybody's level of experience. Um, And just knowing that, you know, being able to pick out the places that you could send your mom or your grandma and you know that they would be well taken care of. (laughs)
1: Totally. (laughs) Uh, And you know what? Hmm. I've embarked on that journey
0: before. Oh, have you? What was that like?
1: Well, my parents were really anti-cannabis when I first got involved in the industry and it kept me very much in my cannabis closet. Um, So there was an ironic twist at some point, maybe three or four years in where my mom, who does have Crohn's disease and gastrointestinal issues, she did her homework and realized cannabis might be a benefit to her. And then ultimately, was asking me for stuff. And so I had to like really figure out how to dip her toes in the water without scaring her and find the mom approved products and the mom approved dispensaries and experiences so that she wouldn't be, so that she would stay on board, you know, um, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> there's there's a lot of really beautiful brands and products out there that are super femme and super clean and, and chic and, just feel like you know you yeah feel good you feel good consuming them you feel good buying them and supporting them and um yeah so so my job was honestly pretty easy
0: <laughs> yeah what are some of your when talking about those products cuz that's that's one thing that's really excited me because we've come a long way from I, I remember, like, getting, like, a cocoa mix from a dispensary and <laughs> mixing it up and having, like, this green sludge <laughs> on top. And it's, like, you're just, like, choke it down. <laughs> you're not doing it because it tastes good, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's all, that's all out the door. Like, we, we see all these amazing products. But what are, what are some of the, your favorites that you're really digging on right now? Oh, my God. Well,
1: I love late grade and I love Fumé and they're under the same umbrella, the same family of umbrella. You you get it.
0: Yeah, yeah totally.
1: <laughs> so Fumé is like the ultimate chic, packaged, gorgeous, high-end premium cannabis brand. So when I'm feeling super fancy, I'll indulge with a Fumé pre-roll. Honestly, it's just like to the nines. They make beautiful gifts and they've gone over very well in, in the past for me. So if someone's looking for a last-minute last minute gift, Bume is just, like, already beautiful out-the-box. But late-grade flower, I actually prefer because it's sun-grown and organic and just feels super Californian to me. So that's, like, my favorite flower. And I really love the root of it all. I don't know. Have you ever heard of
0: them? No, I haven't heard of them.
1: They're so cute. The root of it all has... They make like a line of cannabis tinctures, and they have several different varieties, different ratios of CBD to THC to other cannabinoids. And they they've built their tinctures based off of Ayurvedic principles. So, uh, it's one of the products I'm looking at one right now. It's called Slow, and it's a one to one THC to CBD ratio, and it's got basil, fennel, and orange. essential oils in it so it makes it taste amazing but these are also essential oils that have been known to give you the benefits of relaxation and and ease and to bring about like a mood boosted energy so i really really dig their tinctures um they're super cute and they're delicious (laughs) i
0: love it it's nice like oh i'm sorry go ahead oh no no i just i was just i was just exclaiming i'm like i love that (laughs) Oh, great. So, yeah,
1: I I don't know about you, but, like, in my cannabis journey, I have gone from, and and I'm still, like, on the younger end, so I'm I'm coming out of my, like, my hardcore years, but I definitely have gone through many phases where I'm awake and bake, smoke all day. That's my relationship with cannabis uh, kind of cycled, Mm -hmm. but I am now... Evolving and becoming a little bit more mindful about my consumption practices, and so things like tinctures and edibles are are taking a a more prominent seat at my consumption table versus just combustion options like smoking a joint or or a pipe.
0: I hear that i I've kind of gone through the same changes <laughs> myself because I especially like when I was first working in the dispensary, it's like you know definitely was more of a wake and baker especially to get behind the bar and be working with people i used to joke that cannabis kind of made my career because i was able to be like lucid up enough to just talk to anybody it's like all right let's do this oh you're gonna be (laughs) different don't do that to me come on we're having fun let's do this don't worry i'm high (laughs) yeah it's gonna be cool man but you know it's like as it does start to evolve, things start to change and you're like, okay, my it's bo- also as we get older our bodies change. And for me like I still ha, huh, I still love smoking a joint. There's there's you know, especially a joint that's got like some really good hash in it. But during the day now for to be a little bit more productive, I've been really digging on using a CBD and CBG uh tincture to really give me focus. Oh, yeah. But going back to those tinctures that you were talking about, one of the things that I've been really enjoying when seeing the evolution of the industry is people really taking notice of that beautiful synergy between other plants and cannabis. Yes, that's yes indeed. Stuff. Yeah, have you tried? It uh, is. There's a one thing that I've been digging on lately, and I don't know if you've tried them. If you haven't, check them out and tell me what you think. Um, Rose La they have these uh, are these the turkish delights?
1: Yeah. Have you tried them? Oh, I have and they're freaking delicious.
0: <laughs> they are so good and Nathan is awesome and like the collaborations that he's been doing with chefs are it's it's just it's it's brilliant. I just really They're so beautiful too. <laughs> aren't they? I know. And he's working with like local produce and Actually, it was last year. This time, I had I had him on with Dominique Crenn, and we were talking about you know the process and flavors, and it, it just is a whole. It, it's 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 the stuff that I used to dream about back in the day, happening and we're seeing now. And with such passionate people, it makes me feel I just feel so fortunate to be working in a sphere with people like Nathan and you, and just the things that we're all building to share with our communities is just a really beautiful thing.
1: Well, hey, likewise. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's just a very exciting time to be witness to the, the evolution and, and the to watch the roots grow deeper and deeper in a space when you were there, when the seed was planted. So, um, yes, it's very unique time to be a part of something that's still... Figuring itself out, and to have any contributing elements towards, you know, helping this this space find its most divine alignment. Um, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, and uh, and when we're looking at like we've you know we've talked about you know some of the past, we are talking about the now. But what are you excited about in the future? Uh, not only with like the industry, but like your projects mm-hmm. and what you're doing. Like, is there anything that you're cooking up that you'd want to share with us? And, and I totally understand if as a creative you can't because I get that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I have my own podcast, the Body Mind Podcast, which is on Spotify and iTunes. Give it a listen. And it's honestly been a little bit difficult for me to find consistency in that practice. I think having a podcast is a lot easier said than done. So I'm really excited for the new year because I have, you know, my distribution plan. I'm, I'm ready to rock and, and find a rhythm with that. So I'm very excited to just watch that unfold and see what relationships and opportunities might be born from the conversations that I get to have in, in that Avenue. And I'm sure, you know, obviously this is something, you know, very well. <laughs> and uh,
0: yes, true. <laughs> and
1: beyond that, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I do have an exciting project that I cannot share, but definitely be on the lookout. Find me on, on Instagram, Brooke Steller and Buddy Mind because I have a beautiful uh, visual and spiritual product coming out with oh. that I'm that I'm working on with my partner with my fiance Jimmy. so um, that's been a really adorable endeavor and I'm super stoked for it to finally be in people's hands in the new year so
0: that is... that's vague right but <laughs> well, hey, yo but you, hey you shared <laughs> you <did. laughs> yeah speak it
1: into existence right <laughs> that's
0: it and I, I'm really excited to hear that you're doing more episodes of your podcast. That's really cool. Cause we, yeah, we need thank more you. info. Yeah. You know, it's it. And especially because like everything that you're doing is, this year, I've been learning about, you know, well, actually it's been a couple of years now. It's like creating and all the different avenues that you really need to tap to create like a full picture of, you know, what you're doing and putting out into the world. So I think it's, it's essential to have all these different components, video, audio, Visual, you know, when we're looking at like graphics and stuff, just to be able to, because everybody learns in such different ways. And so how do you, how do you communicate with all these people? Like what mediums do you use? And yeah, I I honestly, like when podcasts first started, I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then when I started listening to some, and I, I started with non-cannabis, Podcast because a friend of mine was like, "Have you ever listened to the podcast Shit Town?" And I was like, "No," <laughs> and I did, and it was really, really good. And I was like, "Oh, this is kind of like that one was kind of like a, a radio serial in a way, you know?" Cute. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, "Okay, I understand. I understand." Because like for years, people were like, "You should do a podcast. You should do a podcast." I was like, eh, mm-hmm. "Okay, sure." And then. When I, <laughs> when I started, I was like, oh, I understand the value in this, and this is actually really cool, and it's engaging. And, and it's a great opportunity to be able to catch up and talk with people that either I haven't met before or I haven't talked to in a really long time. And to the thing I love about it the most is being able to give other people a platform to talk about the really cool things that they're doing and what they're passionate about. I love that. Totally. Totally. Well, you do it so well. Let me tell you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Well, it doesn't hurt to have somebody who's as friendly and intelligent and engaging as you. So, you know, there's that. Oh, that wow. We're
1: you. in compliment corner, aren't we, Sarah? We totally are.
0: Well, <laughs> we totally My are. My favorite space. I know, right. Well, what do you, and when we're looking at like the industry itself, and even like, I know we talked about like with, on like the information slash entertainment side, you know, having more shows go mainstream and be more accessible to the public so that we aren't in as much of an echo chamber. But what are other things that you're you're excited about for the future that you have, you, you visualize, like you have hopes for the future just at large with what we're all doing?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I think coming out of the pandemic and uh, returning to in-person community is a really exciting thing. I I found I made some I've made some really incredible friendships through cannabis and through cannabis events and you know, I think we're quite spoiled here in California, but the frequency and the quality of the community gatherings uh, here I, it was it was just so much fun, and now I'm finally feeling things picking back up, and uh, I'm really delighted to be returning to that space. And you know, I'm, I'm hopeful to also contribute to the elevation of those spaces because I think I I think we're moving beyond just like the come to my my cannabis launch party and get stoned. I think we're moving into like a more um, sophisticated potential. Arena. So within the industry, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited for us to keep, you know, leveling up our our game. And, of course, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for more and more states to turn on to their own legalization efforts. And I'm excited to see what those what legalization looks like in new places uh, as far as social justice goes, environmental policy. um, You know, I'm, I'm hopeful that as we continue on our journey, that more and more states will actually lay new foundation and set better examples for the rest of us. Um, Like in, in New York state, there was an attempt at the very least when legalization was striking there to along with like their legal policies to have some kind of environmental efforts to have recycling programs set in place at the moment of legalization. And um, these are things that I'm really, I really hope that more people get turned on to and uh, we take seriously. I think it's extremely important that the cannabis industry remains authentic to its roots, which is, you know, it's all about honoring a plant and um, I think honoring the planet. So. The more ways that we can do that and express
0: that, the better. So yeah, yeah, that's what excites me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hear that. I hear that. I'm really excited to see what happens. I really hope that states start looking at what other states are doing and what what worked and what didn't. And instead of continuously making the same mistakes over and over again, we start to really learn from what we're yeah. doing. <laughs> Everyone, it's look at kind California. Of like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's enough examples.
0: So <laughs> exactly, it would be when I say, "Look at California," people are like, "Well, you know, it's not all great." I'm like, "Exactly." <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not perfect. We're actually very, yes. very far from it. Learn from it. Take California and then take a step above it. Would you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for and for those who want to follow you and check out all your amazing projects. I know you mentioned your IG, but how can they find you? Yes, please find me. Be my friend. I. Uh, you can find me, let's just stick
1: to Instagram. You can find me at Brooke Stellar. And you can also find me at Budding Mind. And my podcast is The buddy mind podcast on spotify and itunes and um if you do end up following me from here send me a message let's
0: connect i love my canna community oh right on thank you so much and for those of you remember planted is twice a month and we are planted with sarah on ig we are planted with sarah pion on facebook planted with sarah on twitter if you want to see my cannabis educational content pictures of things I've made, and cute pictures of my cat Jasper. You can follow me as Who Sarah Who doesn't Pion, want? <laughs> right? He's a ragdoll, for crying out loud. <laughs> and that IG is Sarah Mitra Pion. Brooke, thank you so much for being here today. I just, it's such a treat, especially, you know, on a cold, on a cold day in Oakland, although people probably in the Midwest are like, whatever, girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's cold here too. Don't be ashamed. (laughs) Right. It's just been it's been a treat talking with you and I really I really hope we can continue the conversation. Come back anytime. Likewise, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me and I will talk to you soon, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And for those (laughs) of you out there, you know. It's, it's, it's a crazy world. We've still got a lot of stuff going on. Stay safe. Be good to one another. And until we meet next time, stay curious. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.